We'll also revisit um, uh, a story uh, that continues to evolve. We uh, did a well, half-hour segment on this a couple of days ago, but it's important that we re- revisit it today. Shares in Credit Suisse have plunged and dragged down other major European lenders as fears about deeper problems in the world banking system have spread in the wake of uh, bank failure, of course, in the United States. Uh, Credit Suisse shares lost more than a quarter of their value today hitting a uh, record low after the Swiss bank's biggest shareholder, the Saudi National Bank, told news outlets that it would not inject uh, more money into the bank, which was, of course, beset by problems long before the U.S. banks uh, collapsed. All of this, uh, all this chatter and, and the fear that we're hearing about uh, in regards to the banking system comes about after the recent collapse of Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank uh, in the United States. And as I said, we, we looked at this issue a couple of days ago. It's important that we stay on top of it because um, it's a fluid situation in many cases. Joining me now is Murray Leith. She is the Executive Vice President and Director of Investment Research at Audlum Brown. Murray Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Uh, this is a complex issue, and it is changing, I think, every single day. But your overall thoughts on, on the news today, what do you make of all this? Well, it's, it's, it's no doubt unsettling. Um, having, having lived uh, and experienced the financial crisis um, back in the mid-'80s, or latter part of the – not the 80s, sorry, um, the 2000s yep. – um, it's, uh, I can tell you that it's, it's not as disturbing, not, not close to, to sort of the, the, the worries that I had back then. Uh, this isn't global financial crisis 2.0. That was a, a credit crisis. Um, and this is more a crisis of liquidity and confidence, and, and that's going to be easier to fix. Mm-hmm. Now, is this also a commentary on certain banks that may have been highly leveraged or uh, did not have the right balance when it comes to liquidity, as you were saying. And, and because of inflation, interest rates, they've just been caught uh, at this very unique moment in, in our financial history. Is that what's causing a lot of this? And as you say, not not in regards to the fundamentals. Well, the genesis of this problem really was, was created by the central banks. You know, they... And, and governments to a lesser degree, but um, governments uh, handed out a lot of money. Um, central banks lowered interest rates to zero, administered interest rates to zero, and they printed a lot of money. And 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 we're very grateful that they did that. Uh, we would have had a, a very nasty recession, if not a depression, if they hadn't do, done that. But they overdid it. Hmm. They kept interest rates ultra low for far too long. And when when they by doing that. Um, banks had these huge inflows of deposits, and they couldn't uh, earn a decent return on th- those deposits. Um, and to do to, to to get a better return, they ended up buying longer-term um, treasury bonds and stuff like that uh, to get a higher interest rates because longer-term uh, products have higher interest rates than shorter-term bonds. And uh, but that put a lot of interest rate risk on their balance sheets and 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 that's what's catching up with us now because when interest rates go up the bonds that you bought at much lower interest rates go down in value mm-hmm. and that's fine those bonds are ultra safe they're issued by governments um and and you'll get a hundred cents back on your dollar when they mature but if you have to sell them prematurely because depositors want their money back 
um, then you crystallize a loss, and that's a hit against your capital. And that's what happened with Silicon Valley Bank. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we can discuss why um, our Canadian banks are in a much different position than Silicon Valley Bank, if you would like. Yeah, no, I'd like to. But I want to just focus on the U.S. just for just for a moment here. Uh, Larry Fink, who is the CEO of BlackRock, which is the world's largest asset manager, uh, in a letter to uh, clients uh, referred to what happened, the collapse of the Silicon Valley Bank. He said it could be the start of a slow rolling crisis in the U.S. financial system with more seizures and shutdowns coming. Uh, how do you view that assessment? Would you agree with what Mr. Fink has to say? Um, yeah, whenever you have a period of a long period of cheap and easy money, um, it encourages excessive risk taking. And, and when that cycle ends, and it ends when the authorities take the punch bowl away by raising interest rates, there's bound to be financial accidents. And so the surprise this cycle is, frankly, that it's taken this long to happen. Um, but bank failures are actually a lot more common than you think. You know, since the turn of the century, there's been about 565 in the U.S. Um, and, you know, a lot of them happened during the, the financial crisis in 08, 09. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, since then, uh, between... Uh, 2011 and 2020, there's there's been about two a month, and uh, and and the economy has just been fine and and moved forward with despite those. Why are um, some have said are, we have a better banking system? Uh, we we certainly don't have the level of bankruptcies uh, uh, that the U.S. does. They have a lot of smaller, I guess, smaller banks as well, and regional banks compared to what we have here. But why is our system perceived to be better? Well, it's 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 a lot more con- concentrated, as you pointed out. We don't have uh, the level of regional banks, the number of smaller banks that they do uh, in the U.S. and some other countries around the world. We're a very concentrated uh, banking market, uh, and that allows our banks to be very profitable. They're very diversified. Uh, importantly, they have uh, a very diverse diverse sources of funding. Uh, with a lot of sticky retail deposits. And that's not something that Silicon Valley Bank had. Uh, they were very concentrated uh, with deposits from the startup community in Silicon Valley. Um, so, and, 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 and that's a very cyclical industry. It does very well when uh, money's abundant and they can raise it very easily. But when uh, those taps get turned off, which they have recently, uh, they have unprofitable business models, so they spend a lot of money, and that's what befell Silicon Valley Bank. Um, you know, one of the things about our banks that annoy consumers is that they nickel and dime us, and and uh, you know that's a bad thing if you're a consumer, but if you're interested in the safety of the banking system, it's actually a really good thing because uh, by getting away with nickel and diming us and charging fees, it means that they have to take less risk. Uh, on interest rates to earn them, you know, to earn a bottom line profit, and uh, so it actually helps our, our uh, the, the safety of our, our banking system and our country by extension. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I'm very curious, moving forward, we've probably had the fastest rate hike since the 1980s when it comes to interest rates. What does this mean? Does this mean we could see more interest rate hikes? Uh, or is it just a specific U.S. issue and we may be in better a better place where we may not have to raise rates? Where, where do you see, see interest rates going, or at least a U.S. response to it? Because I worry we can't be that um, separated from the United States. Our economies are pretty integrated as well. What's this mean for interest rates moving forward, do you see? Do you think? Well, the Bank of Canada paused on interest rate increases, and the thinking was that the U.S. still had more uh, to do to get inflation under control, uh, although that's off the table now with the instability in the banking sector. Uh, but the reason our central bank paused before the U.S. central bank really comes down to three things. Number one, we have among the most expensive real estate in the world. Secondly, we have very over-levered consumers, much more levered uh, with debt than American consumers, uh, even uh, even more so than they were before the, the, the financial crisis. Um, and, and and thirdly, mm-hmm. you know, the Americans learned their lessons during uh, that crisis. They had a lot of variable rate mortgages, and they were hurt when interest rates went up in that cycle. And so they take out fixed-rate mortgages today. Whereas Canadians didn't learn that lesson. We took out a pile of variable rate mortgages um, and, and some of them fixed payment or a lot of them fixed payment, which I think you've talked about on the show before. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that makes our consumers and our economy much more sensitive to higher interest rates than the American economy. So, uh, you know, our, our, our banks are very well positioned to weather the storm, but there are going to be some bumps in the road. Investors know that, and that's why the banks are, are you know, well off their highs. Um, but we do have our vulnerabilities. Mm-hmm. Well, it's an interesting time, and like I said, it's a very fluid situation. But you're right; we 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 are not Switzerland. We're not certainly Silicon Valley. We we are doing not bad compared to many jurisdictions. But it is one that we should obviously keep a close eye on. Murray, really th- a pleasure chatting with you today. Really enjoyed our conversation. Look forward to having you on the show again. Absolutely. Thanks for having me.